Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's been a minute because basketball season, as you know, Andy, it's been over for a while, right? It has been. It's been, well, it's really only been like two weeks, but it feels like forever. With all the condensed tournament, with everything, it's over. But the Mountain West has been for a while. Um, well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, sorry. I guess it has been more like a month for the Mountain West. <laughs> but website, nwr.com. It does look littered with NFL draft content, which it is draft season. But we're going to talk some hoops. We've got some transfer stuff. we got some fun news. We've got some other stuff going on. So that's what we're going to do today, kind of get a catch up of kind of a vague overview of the transfers because I assume like you, Andy, you and I haven't been doing detailed research of Jamal Mashburn Jr. going to New Mexico. Well, yeah, I mean, I've been doing my best just to follow the names and (laughs) keeping track of where they're all going. And I think I've got a pretty good feel for what's going on with the Mountain West. But in terms of, you know, actually doing deep study on these new guys coming in, I you know, there's just – been so much in and out that I haven't really had a lot of chance, and you know, it's been been the start of the off season for me too. <laughs> right? Breathe, right? Take a breath. It's okay. <laughs> exactly. We'll get to these guys. We'll chat about more detail because we're my goal is to have basketball be a bit more consistent during the summer months, a little bit more than normal. So probably be every other week or something like that. But we'll have stuff talked about. We have a good a good show come up later down the road, but. Where do we want to start tonight? What's the uh, – should we talk about the, my lame joke I made two seconds ago before we started recording? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's – SEO if purposes. We if we don't right? talk about it now, we're never going to get to because it's uh, the story's dead. almost dead. Yeah. <laughs> so here's the thing. Do you, first off, are you a soccer fan? I am, yeah. It's all the only expertise. And if you haven't heard about this, who cares? It's out there. It's a Super League, which – as of 9.36 Mountain Time, reportedly dead due to, which I love, public pressure. And also, James Corden spending seven minutes on the show, which he knows nobody cares about the sports, ranting about it, which was amazing. Did you see that? No, I did not. Oh, my he, gosh. He, I like I like James Corden a lot, too, so I'm going to have to see that. But now, He does a good job. He gets teary-eyed, and at the end, it's... If you have been in a rock, because by the time this gets published, they'll probably be done and like not over. But the sense of it, because I would prefer like a relegation promotion type thing in college sports or even pro sports to be awesome. But it's money. It's not going to happen. But what this idea was, again, if you're under a rock, because I don't know who hasn't heard it, they're taking what am I correct? What basically the 12 best clubs in Europe, plus a few extra to be named at the time on Sunday nights to basically make their own league to play additional games in addition to, like, the Premier League or La Liga or Bundesliga, if I don't think any were included. But it's like a separate league to play midweek games. So they'd be playing, what, Andy, Sunday, Wednesday or something like that? Is that right, essentially? I guess. I don't I, I don't think I ever it fully understood what they would be break whether they would be continuing in their regular leagues they as would, well. Yeah. They would. Okay. Well, I mean, assuming that their regular leagues were going to let them. That's another uh, story too. About yeah. This. But, uh, okay. So yeah, I guess they'd have to be playing. Yeah. Those, I, don't, I guess, I don't know, Sunday, Wednesday. I, I didn't put that much thought into it. They just said midweek games. So midweek. Okay. Like so that makes sense. Like at least a couple of days off in between. Yeah. Well, uh, there's a reason that I haven't put that much thought into it because there's not too much traction with the idea anymore. <laughs> but what it is, like, I bring it up because, it's again, it's whatever. People are talking about it. We'll get to We'll bring in a basketball angle to it because let's show how ridiculously dumb it is. Because over there, for those leagues, and I like the idea, if you win, you move up. Like, Leicester City, like, they were, like, the longest of long shots a couple years ago to win the whole EPL. You have teams. Like, how exciting would it be, like, because typically – if you're not again not familiar, the top, what is it, Andy? The top two, bottom two play each other to move up or down. Is that kind of how it works? Something so, like that. So not for the the EPL for the to get into the Premier League. Well, there's 
<laughs> so if you're in the Premier League to get relegated down to uh, the championship, you would, which is the, the like the second second yeah. tier league, like, uh, you finish in the bottom three. Okay. So if you finish 18th, 19th, or 20th in the Premier League, you get relegated down. Um, to get relegated to, to get promoted, the top two teams, I believe this is right. The top two teams, I believe, uh, are automatically um, promoted from the championship, and then the third and fourth place teams have like a two game playoff to see who gets promoted to the who, who takes the third spot, basically. So they don't play the bottom of the EPL to move up. No, there's oh, no. Oh, that'd be exciting. Why is that there's not no? Happening? There's no competition of like oh, save great. your spot, man. You know, it's like no. I mean, you finished twentieth, so you're out Ooh, now, and you you're just getting replaced. Yeah. So so there's no there's no kind of final save your spot game. You can't make up for a, a last place season with one one game, and and, and you know take take away somebody else's first place season. Okay. So that's how it is, but this league would be basically – think of this one in SEC. Vanderbilt sucks at college football. They are, quote, founding members, so they're not going to leave or whatever. That's what this league would have been done where 12 to 16 teams would have played. They would have gotten all the money, which, again, my big rant about this is a bunch of American – like, I don't even care about this. It still makes me frustrated because all these American owners who, like Stan Kroenke and others who own NFL teams, own, like, Manchester yeah. United, and they just said, well, why, why not do this? We can get $50 million a year for this. Why do this? It's like, well – the league's locked in, and it's not fair. It's like the group of five or power five. Think about it in the college sense where it's like Vanderbilt's making all this money. Even though Boise State, maybe even Middle Tennessee State, like all these teams in the area that are in football, where like basketball, you have Belmont or Tennessee State, all, ten, all these different schools, or like it's just these MEAC or SWAC or ASUN schools, they'll never, they never have a chance to get up to be good to get there, but bad schools will still get the money regardless. And so they'll, they have an advantage forever. And so that's what this would be. These clubs are already rich as this. They're still going to play in the regular league plus get all this extra money. That's where the issue is because there's no way to get into it. And that's the problem. It's locked in, and that's not how they do sports over there because all these American owners want to do it. And then, then you go back to your Premier League team. Like, oh, say you're number 12 or whatever in the Premier League. You're just a average team. You're behind another $80 million per season because Manchester United gets to play all these other teams. Like – don't they, am I incorrect? Don't they also have something called the Champions League, which is kind of like a already similar to this, where they play a bunch of games against the best clubs every so often? Yeah, except that's merit based. You have to earn your way into oh, it. Oh, so, or what? What are you talking about? You have to earn to play good teams. What are yeah, you, you, you actually have to be. Just, you have to be a good team in order no, to Rockford's you know. Gifted you have to Ted. <laughs> well, what's what's funny to me is that. You don't actually have to be a champion to get into the Champions League. You know, you get like the third and fourth place teams from some of these leagues getting in. But, but you do also get the like Azerbaijani champion as well. So, you know, that's, they, you know, they, they don't win ever, but hey, they get to go play Arsenal or whatever a couple times or who, whoever it is. But, um, so that would be out the window too. So that's the thing that you wouldn't get from, from this that you do get from the Champions League is you get all of the club, you know, all of the countries for better or the the main yeah. federations, whatever, whatever the leagues, they their champions go to this Champions League. Whoever's in the UEFA group, um, this would be separate from UEFA. It sounds like um, you're gonna kick over the curve. No World Cup. No this. No this. You're not playing. And yeah. I applaud for this happening because it fell apart in like hours for something that would have brought in billions of dollars a year. And here's the thing too. You would have watched it probably. People would have watched it because it's good competition, good teams. So like when you pull it back to like here at the Mountain West or college basketball, that's why they have – who doesn't like the ACC Big Ten Challenge, SEC Big 12? That's where these things are. Oh, you can see these great non-conference games. That's kind of what they're doing over there, what kind of the goal was to – Always play the best, but it's also a money grab. But if you want like it just for a purely competition type of thing, it would have been really good football to watch over there, to watch these teams play. But that's not how it should be done. So if you bring it to like NCAA college basketball, like as much as we would like to watch all these great teams, like if you were to make it from the college hoops, it would basically be saying, all right, Gonzaga, Arizona, UCLA, Texas, 
Florida, Kentucky, North Carolina, Duke, okay. your conference and play it. Okay, but here's a question actually, because the first team you mentioned is Gonzaga, and that's the first team I think would not be invited to something like this. Because they're not in a major media market. They're mm. not yeah. like you know, this this is the kind of project I think would be to stop a Gonzaga from yes. from from horning in on all of these you know profits uh, yeah. and, and coming in. So I I wonder you know if this sort of thing was to come to college basketball because I could see it you know a Duke you everybody who's already in the Champions Classic right so Duke so, Kentucky Kansas Michigan, Michigan State, State. Yeah. and then you get North Carolina Indiana UCLA Arizona Indiana, probably yeah but Indiana's garbage but that doesn't matter because. Indiana's fan base, they're, they want the money, not the talent. They don't I care. Know. Somebody's got to lose these games. <laughs> so I'm just saying, like, I, I wonder in a situation like this, and that was one of the things that people were complaining about with this league, was, like, these aren't even necessarily the best teams in Europe. They're just the richest teams in Europe. And so that's why I would think, like, Indiana kind of fits there. Yeah. They're right. there for the, the tradition, not for, you know – no, not mer- it's not it's yeah. not merit based. Yeah. It's not merit based. So you're telling me it's like the Rutgers of the Big Ten. This whole thing. <laughs> the stupid league is my lame joke I'm calling it now. The stupid league. But well, it- yeah. I made my own stupid joke of calling because so the, you know, so yeah. far the six uh teams so it started out with twelve teams, six sure. from England, and then three from Italy and three from Spain. I believe um, it's officially done. As of recording, oh, is, is it okay? I saw some so, reports that like it's it's Oh yeah, here he is. Super League to quote reconsider plans after EPL Exodus. I'm like, you have the league, buddy. This whole thing was it was just a money grab. It's like that's all yeah. it is, and that's what college football is too. Like, if you think the remember, not to mix sports here, we're doing hoops, but Larry Scott when he took over the Pac-10 at the time, he wanted to bring in Texas, half the Big 12 to bring in Pac-16. That's oh, no yeah. di- that's oh, no yeah. difference than what this is going to be. No, but not at all. T- Texas got the Longhorn Network. They're getting twenty million a year to show softball and gymnastics highlights and repeats of random shows. So good on them. They got what they wanted. But that's exactly like you only hear college football. It's like let's make the Super Conference four sixteen team leagues. That's exactly what this is. And college football is like it. And like I'm not going to complain to watch Alabama Auburn football or good basketball like Michigan State Ohio State or some other random Big Ten basketball game or Big Big Twelve hoops. That's good. That's all with this similar thing. It's just the way they do it. It's not how they do it. And I would prefer, like I mentioned, to move up and down. Like, who would I want to see San Diego State move up and play, be in the Pac-12 and replace Washington State or Cal or something? Like, that would be amazing, but that'll never happen because it's ingrained in how it's set up. But I don't know. I just want to talk about this because it's a complete mess. When I first saw it, I'm like, interesting. Oh, wait a second. No, it's terrible because most of the people that like this are, like, probably people like me who yeah, may watch soccer occasionally here and there. But you don't have a big fan. Like, oh, who doesn't want to see these teams play? They look into it like, well, does I saw the signs does uh, Stan Kroenke need a 30 yacht? Apparently <laughs> so, because they're poor. It's like, I don't know how this will never, I don't know. It's just, I want to discuss it because it's so no, weird and, and interesting. I, Everybody's I talking about it. it. Well, and, and for me personally, like, the reason that I'm, I would be against it. So, so my rooting interest in soccer, my, my grandmother is, is from England. Um, and so I grew up a fan of Norwich City, who is a team who is perennially like on the cusp of being promoted or relegated. So they're constantly going back and forth, whether they're in the Premier League or in the Champions, uh, the, the Champion League. Um, not the Championship, the second division of English. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so for me personally, it's like, well, Norwich is never getting into this stupid Super League, so I don't, I wouldn't care about it as much because I don't have, I've got a, a specific rooting interest and I really like rooting for like national, like international team soccer. Yeah, I think that's fun. like the World Cup and everything. I think that's super fun. Um, and the Euro Cup and all that. So when I heard first that all these players who were on any of these teams wouldn't be able to play <laughs> in the, in the UEFA, like, like in the World, World Cup. Cup or the, or the Euro Cup. I was like, well, that sucks because that's the soccer I do watch. And yeah. I also watch Norwich games and they certainly won't be playing in this thing. So like this thing, this whole thing sucks. So that was my personal reason of like why I'm against it. Um, you know, and also I, th- I, I wonder just, you know, if the teams were to stop playing their f- first team, you know, players, 
because they're saving them for the Super League game. Yeah, there's that too. Yeah, <laughs> that 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 would be no fun, and I would load worry, management. <laughs> yeah, I would worry. You know, if something like that were to happen with college sports, that you'd see the same kind of thing. You know, if they're if the if the if this league sort of league is additive, not you know that they're not leaving the NCAA, they're just also doing this other thing. Um, but I don't think like, that I don't think that could really work. It'd also be like like these four team tournaments, like the Champions Classic, Jimmy V Cancer versus whatever coaches versus Cancer, Jimmy V, all the MTEs. That would be like doing it's like that mid season where all right, it would be like this. Here's a good example. Let's CBS pulls out their top sixteen, the selection committee. When, what, February or something? It's like, all right, you guys go play your own tournament middle of the season. And we're going to pay you each $15 million a team to play this out. What's more important? You know what I mean? Like you mentioned, the money why, the money type of thing. Like, what's, what's more important for you? Making that money, your actual, I'd say, tournament team, or this mini in-season tournament for four games where we make $30 million? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I imagine if something like that were on the table, I think most of those schools would probably do it and i bet fans would hear like, no i think you probably take that paycheck right well that's what this was that's what the well owners but also it's like this with the NCAA tournament like, well hold on a second what did say tournament because most of these guys would rather not i don't say rather like if you're messy or whoever all these were not all these guys too i sort of know half their names but <laughs> like would Messi rather play for his team and make millions and hundreds of millions of dollars or, or represent his country at world cup some guys may see the world cup you know what i mean like, they want both, but there's a million different issues we don't need to get into. But money, like how much more money the players get, you can lure even better players to your team, which goes to think your Premier League should be your top league or whatever country you're in, I guess, the league or something. You're right. What becomes more important? You, you're going to have certain players. You have your Premier League team and your Super League team. So we don't, I don't want that in college sports, college basketball, college football, or NFL or something. So Yeah, we don't need it. Give me, you know what I want? I want a Mountain West Pac-12 challenge in football and basketball. I want the Mountain West American challenge. That's what I want to Give see. Give me a Mountain West West Coast Conference challenge. I'll take one of those too. Who gets the lucky draw to play Gonzaga? Aztecs? San Diego State. Yeah, they can take them every year, man. I, I'm fine with that. If San Diego State wants to crown themselves the kings of the league, the Boise State of basketball, they can do it. But they can take on the Gonzaga. They can take Gonzaga on every year too if they want. I think they, I think they would take it. That would be an awesome rivalry, by the way. If that was like a an every year game, San Diego State Gonzaga, I'd watch the heck out of that. Yeah, they do. That's what I want to see. Like non conference schedules, kind of. We go back to like Loyola Chicago. We talked about them being underseeded for the NCAA tournament. This is what there needs to be a way in college hoops where you're not. I you think basketball it helps more because you'll see occasionally. Big games like you'll see UNLV getting Duke at T-Mobile, which is pretty cool. A couple years ago, UNLV oh, yeah. can track some names. Or if you're like Iona's gets to play BYU at Madison Square Garden next year, maybe I'm trying to go to that game. That'd be pretty cool. Head out there, see. Really? Is that a yeah. game? It's a oh, home and home. That's awesome. Home, home games at MSG. So it's like uh, hop on, uh, hop man, on. The get, ch- getting Rick Pitino really uh, <laughs> really helps things, huh? <laughs> That's a, that'd be, that'd be a good game growth. Like that gym, it's literally a high school gym essentially they play. And they've probably done a few renovations, but it's a high school gym where I own a place at there. Oh yeah, I've seen, you know, I've never been obviously, but, uh, and I know you probably have, but I've, you know, I've seen a bunch of the streams on ESPN3 or whatever and it's like, yeah, they, the, I mean, all of those Mac gyms are kind of like that. It is. We'd have water polo practice at the bottom and during, cause our season would kind of overlap a little bit. Like when they're early season games, it would shake above us because the pool's like right, literally, we're in the same building. <laughs> we're just below ground. They're above ground. And so like we're right there. If there's rocking for pep rally, basketball, even volleyball, like it would get noisy because there'd be, it'd be a pretty good crowd. Basketball was good when I was there when Jeff Rowland was their coach. Like they were going to NCAA tournaments and it was usually rocking. It'd be shaking a little bit. It'd be, it'd be pretty cool. It's like, all right, it's like a little bouncing above. But these games, like you think of college hoops, like you can make something similar happen where you're playing better teams. It's it's a money thing. You want to win games. But the NCAA tournament, that's why, not to go off on another weird tangent, but the net, the RPI, if you want to use Ken Palm or whatever SOS you want to use, there's got to be a way where it's fine. I know, there's, I know there's tickets involved for money, buy games, but there should be a way where you can get teams that are pretty good and not penalize you. Like if Boise State has a good year last year, well, why can't they go play? Well, I think – Keep open some games, some dates, like – like in football, like here's the last second game. Like maybe 
that'd be pretty cool. Like, leave, that's maybe another topic another day, but leave a couple of weeks open wow. where. Well, like, uh, what you're describing sounds a lot like Bracket no. Busters. Yeah. No, but it should be because Bracket Busters is great. I am 100% a Bracket Busters truther. Until it <laughs> included 100 teams. That's. That was, that was That's the best part. It should include it should include three hundred teams. <laughs> Damn it! You know what we should do? Okay, this would be okay. all right. This is another podcast. This take take way too long to do, but people watch the World Cup draw for not not to go back to soccer here international football, but people love the World Cup draw to see who plays where. Yeah. How, this would be the most amazing thing ever. You'd have to pare it down, maybe. Oh yeah, I know where you're going. I'll see if you do, because you might have a better idea than I do. But yeah, you, you pare it down to a couple conferences. Like going overall, like I mentioned this during the football when COVID was still going strong, weren't sure for playing. You could block teams, you could choose to play teams. You have like three blocks, and so it's like, say you have Western U.S. because you want to keep it whatever geographical reasons. All right, right. First up, you have Boise State team out of the draw. They get to they, they, their team comes up first. They get the decide to take or pass on the opponent. Pulls out Grand Canyon. Let's pass, but only get like two passes or three passes. And then ultimately, so it's almost like a white elephant. Almost, yeah. That'd be (laughs) something like that. That would be pretty good. Where it's not a random draw where you play in these teams, but you could also block a team. You could accept, like, maybe make some sort of counter offer. But who would want to watch live Leon Rice? Like, oh, guys, do we whisper? Or should we hold up? Maybe, maybe we'll get to, maybe we'll get to UCLA. I don't. We got the West. We got these three. Oh, their centers, their centers injured, man. Their centers injured, or you know, they're. Know. Uh, like, you got the yeah. Pac-12 to whack the Mountain West or the whatever. It's like, all right, we we're not, and you can't play your own conference, so you know it's somebody else. It's like, yeah. you know, should we should we take a block or should we draw? Like, who would not want to watch that? That would be amazing television and have that. That, that, have that for a game or two, like like you do like a, a couple games. That would be I would love that. That would be so fun. Yeah. Do it during the summer when nothing's going on because who cares about baseball? Am I right? Who cares about July baseball? Yeah, I mean I'm just or I don't you know I don't know when you were proposing that this starts, but yeah, no summer, perfect. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Who I don't know, I don't know how that works exactly with you know. Enrollment in the schools and all that stuff. But, I don't care. You know, coaches, who care? yeah, who cares exactly? Eighties and coaches need to make their money in the offseason. Come on. But what was your idea? Because I think that would be something fun to do, where you could kind of where you put like pit like four conferences. All right, you're playing one of these four leagues or three leagues, I guess the other four, and it's a makeup of games, and you did disrespect if you pass on the team. You know what I mean? <laughs> Well, yeah. Well, no, I guess I was just – when I said I'd see where you're going, I thought you were just going to basically say that, you know, you – just like with the World Cup draw, you kind of put teams who are eligible for, you know, you decide beforehand whatever teams are eligible for this event, and then you uh, – basically you put them in different pots of like, okay, all the best teams go in one pot, so we don't actually yeah. put them together, and, you know, the second tier of teams go in the next pot, that sort of thing. Um, that's kind of where I thought you were going. No, that's good. No, I, 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 I think that this is a, I think that that would be super fun. I, a bracket busters with like a lottery kind of thing to it, you know. I, what, the one thing I was going to say though before too is we do sort of have a, a mechanism in college basketball for blue bloods or, you know, richer teams to kind of end up playing each other, which is through these multi-team events, all these MTEs that get played before the season, you know, because they're not exact. A lot of them are invitationals, right? You know, where they're deciding who comes. And this last season, I think because (laughs) things got so weird with the MTEs, right? Everything got canceled, got rescheduled, got moved, got, you know, teams, you had VCU showing up to play Utah state day of, um, I th- it's just like it was so weird that I think we forget that those are really star-studded events that are set up exactly for the reason of like playing good competition and kind of knowing who's going to be good ahead of time and getting those games in. So that does exist. I don't know that we'll ever see a mid-season, you know, where where teams can't really prep for it as much though. Um although I I, I still think we're onto something here with this with this Bracket Busters offshoot, whatever we want to call Not it. Not even that, but you can just do it during the summer because here's the great thing about it too. You don't know what teams are – you, you kind of know who's going to be good or who's not, but there's still time for transfers. There's still 
whatever can happen. Like, yeah, you're like, oh crap, better. now we got Gonzaga on our schedule. Yeah. We better, we better, uh, we better go get somebody. Yeah. yeah. Right. But like, I'm serious. Like, how would this, that would not drive more people than Cornhole or some other random stuff. You just draw a team. Like, all right, you're playing them. You're playing them. You make it a home and home eventually. Like the Bracket Buster was, you play this year. You have an open game next year. It helps the scheduling. Cause there's teams. That literally schedule games into September for the November uh, November games, uh, December games. So this would take take it out. But who wouldn't want to see like mix in a Sun and ACC in the same league? Heck, you got to go down to what whatever Duke has to go down to some. I'm sorry, I don't know many a Sun teams, but a lower division school like that would be pretty cool to see. And watching TV, you're gonna play them. It's just one game, and it's and the way they t- pick teams in the tournament, it should be. It shouldn't matter where you play too much. It uh, to a degree, but it shouldn't incentivize you to play twenty home games like Syracuse in non-conference play. Yeah, <laughs> it always goes back to blowing on Syracuse, right? It seems to, yeah, Jeremy. <laughs> Nuts. Hey, he's gonna be. There's gonna be two Bayheim kids on the on the sideline this year playing. So I know. Oh, I saw that. That was that was funny. I mean, we'll we'll see. Um, we'll see if the other one's quite as good as Buddy. We need to get him a better nickname, though. I think. Yeah, we're okay. We could leave it alone. We're fine. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh, all right, let's let's do this here. Let's, let's get uh, some Mountain West basketball. We are. I know. I'm just saying. Well, I would have some fun so offseason. We can screw around a little bit. Oh, like we're. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> we're always doing. So transfer season is coming to a. What do you say? We're ninety percent done with transfer season here. I don't oh. know, man. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, we because the thing is, you've got this revolving door where as soon as a guy leaves from a program, now there's an opening at another, you know, and so someone might want to jump at it. So I don't know how done we are. I think. We've gotten through a lot of it, but there's still a pretty good amount of of guys to make their decisions. I mean, I know Marcus Carr is probably the the top one, the former former Richard Patino uh, player from Minnesota. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think he's coming to Minnesota. I think he'll probably end up somewhere like I don't know Kentucky or something. Um, hey, what's his name? Um, oh crap, Bryce Hamilton. Kentucky's looking at him. That's true. That's true. I think Kentucky's. I mean, heck, after their season, they should be looking at just about anybody. Oh, boom! <laughs> I mean, yeah, they. It'd be one thing if they were like over five hundred and just barely missed the tournament, but they they just had a train wreck of a season. So exactly. So we've had some we've had some good activity here in the Mountain West recently. Well, they got Kruger, you know, UNLV getting. He had lost what eight guys? Like recently, he's gotten a let's see, a couple of guys here like Lamar, sent David Muoka from Lamar. He got a Hawaii guard, just Webster. They got those couple of guys. So they they lost eight guys. They had to basically re like how hard is this to rebuild a roster where you basically lose eighty percent of your team? I think they lost ten. I've so my, 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 ten? by my count, they have ten because um, I know they had started. There were a couple other later ones. Um, Chaikambake Jong. Entered the transfer portal, oh, although he was a he was a senior. I don't know if it's like a grad transfer situation. All I know is that he's he's in there now. Um, and Moses Wood, he was he was the tenth. Um, so I, I I did a tweet on this. I, I wish I had it up here, but basically UNLV's top returning because Marvin Coleman got hurt last year. That's right. Um. Nikel Blake is actually the top returning minutes guy from last year's team, the freshman who was played like 580 minutes or something like that. Um, you know, Mar- Marvin Coleman and Reese Brown coming back. Nick Blake, they have three guys. That's it. Three and that guys. was, and Reese Brown was, I mean, barely, <laughs> barely playing. And then you got, you know, a couple walk-ons. Although one is an important walk-on. I kind of forgot. So there's Kendrick Gilbert. Um, Kendrick Gilbert is an important guy to still be in the fold, not only because he's a Las Vegas guy, and that's an important thing to note about Blake and Coleman too. They're both Las Vegas guys. 
Um, so that probably has something to do with them sticking around. Um, Kendrick Gilbert is also the older brother of Kashan Gilbert, who is a prized recruit. One, you know, one of the big recruits that's coming in from UNLV's class, um, it's coming in. Arthur Kaluma is the other guy, the power forward coming in. So he'll kind of, he'll be the, he'll probably end up, I would imagine starting. Um, we'll see. I don't know. Cause, there's always the question because not only are they bringing in, you know, some highly rated high school guys, but UNLV has been super busy in the transfer portal. And hey, specifically the Big 12 portal. And specifically <laughs> they got a straight, the Big 12 portal. They got a straight trap door there, secret door, man. They got Oklahoma, well, Texas, Carl, Iowa State. Yeah, I'll tell you the name of that trap door. It's Lon Kruger and Carlin Hartman. <laughs> Uh, you know, so Carlin Hartman, the, the Oklahoma assistant under Lon Kruger who came over to, he's on Kevin Kruger's staff now. Um, yeah, so in the wake of that, they got Victoria Walker from Oklahoma. Um, so that's, you know, coming straight from <laughs> Carlin yeah. Hartman's old team. Uh, they got two recruits from Texas because Chris Beard was, cleaning out his own cupboard as soon as he got to town uh, and replacing it with a bunch of new players on his own. So something about Chris Beard, UNLV, and transfers, man, I don't know. It's going on this season. Um, but, yeah, so they brought in Royce Ham and Donovan Williams, two guys who didn't play a lot at Texas. But, I again, I and I, this goes back to something I said at the start of the show, but – uh, yeah, I haven't done my deep dive on all these guys yet, so I don't exactly know what all of these guys can bring to the table. Um, sure. I will say that you've got Royce Ham and Victor Walker were recruited to the Big 12, though, to be for, you know, to play in the front court. Royce Ham is a senior, so you've got guys who've been around good programs for, for a while now. Uh, Victory Walker is a sophomore. Um, so we'll we'll see. I think the the, the big slam dunk transfer here uh, are the two two guys that we haven't mentioned are Jordan McCabe from West Virginia and David. Well, I guess we did actually mention David Mwoka from Lamar. Uh, David Mwoka, I think, is huge, and I, that's probably a good reason why Chekambake Jong uh, is transferring out is because Mwoka is going to be the the starting center for this team and he's going to they're going to kind of do very similar things except Mwoka is a little uh a little bigger I believe than Jong was but Mwoka is just he was the Southland defensive player of the year last year he he's he can score inside that's fine but he rebounds well he's blocked shots he's the interior presence uh that I think UNLV really needs just as much if not more so than than Jung was for them. So I, I really like that addition for them. It'll be interesting because er, the new, we haven't touched on this really, but the, everybody can be eligible now one time. So, which I love because give guys five years to play five. You know what I mean? Like, what's the problem? Like, yeah. they, they still only get four years of eligibility. I'd really like to skim five and five. And so they can play five years if you want because red shirting is like split and play. But they'll, they can transfer once, inch, I believe, even within conference. And I love it. So all these guys, because remember, I remember last year we discussed like the front member Fresno State, like is this guy eligible? Is this guy not? They brought in, like four or five transfers. They could all play. Right. Like, oh, maybe we have too many guys, and it took them all to figure out next year could be good for them. But UNLV, they're good. This rule's in place because they need bodies to play. Had they had this not been the case, pending waivers, which are at least previously eighty percent approved essentially, which is why the one-time transfer without penalty is in place. They'd have to go the JUCO route, find grad transfers, find random high school guy. You know what I mean? Like find right. these guys, which would be like the talent they're bringing in. There's a reason they went to these big 12 schools. They had talent or prospective talent at some point. Now it'll be upon Kevin Kruger. Can you get these guys together to play well? So this could be a great season for UNLV like we'll get to later this summer and preseason stuff of next year how it goes along, but this team could be stacked with former great high school talent and put it together, and they could be one of the top of the league. Or it's a bumbling mess because we have eight, we have basically a brand new team. Yeah, I, it, it could certainly, 
yeah, it, it's a bit of a crapshoot. And last year, the roster for UNLV looked really good, and you know, then it, it kind of fell on its face a little. So you don't, you you can't quite tell from from on paper or you know all the tape you watch beforehand, and it, it looks right. Sometimes you just have to see how the pieces actually fit together for a few games before you'll really know what the team's going to be like. But you know, I, I look at. at at first, I was really worried about this mass exodus from UNLV, um, but seeing who they've brought in, uh, one guy we did not mention either is Justin Webster out of Hawaii. Uh, that's another guy. I, I watched a decent amount of Hawaii games, actually, because I'm a bit of a night owl, and they would <laughs> consistently start their games at like 9 p.m. Pacific time. Yep. <laughs> so I was like, well, man, I'm doing – I would have a ritual almost of – Watching Hawaii games and inputting all my uh, my Gold Star Guide yeah. data for the Heat Check uh, website. So, you know, I, I watched a decent amount. So I like Justin Webster. Um, he's he, he's a good guard. He's not gonna come in and be a twenty point scorer or anything like that for UNLV. But he's a he's a very competent guy. I, I don't know what when I saw he was transferring there. It's just like oh good. You know, that's a guy I don't think is is a big risk. I think when I look at these transfers that came in, I don't see a lot of high risk in any of them, um, which I think is good after kind of what happened with David Jenkins last year, who was a bit of a boomer bust guy, I guess, and sort of boomed and busted a little bit. You know, he had a couple huge games and a bunch of quiet ones and, you know, just really, kind of was mediocre on the whole. So we'll see what happens here. I, I, I'm feeling generally positive about UNLV right now, though, uh, more so than I was immediately in the wake of the Kevin Kruger hiring. I'm liking what I've seen so far out of the first, you know, three weeks of the Kevin Kruger experiment. It's true. And we look at New Mexico – Patino's brought over like Jamal Mashford Jr. who played pretty good. Like looking at what he did the past was it past ten games he averaged almost it was it twenty points a game just about it said. Like he's he finished his season very strong. It was uh I think I had it here in front of me. I closed out the page. But, like we all know Jamal Mashford, so it was anything like his dad or close to it. Pretty good get for him. It's like I got well, yeah. good get good get good get season. Come on, it's all the same thing. But, well, yeah, but didn't his <laughs> but okay, but okay, but didn't. Richard Patino's dad coached Jamal Mashburn in college. Yes, Rick Pitino, yeah. Kentucky. Okay. So there's all that too. And so, and so I'm just, you know, how, how much of this is like an arranged marriage, I wonder. <laughs> Where they like, ha- they have to like each other because their dads are putting them up to it. Oh, here's what it is. Not 20 points a game. Sorry. In his last night, I must, I'm very overshooting. So giving the younger Mashburn <laughs> much more credit than me actually looking. I was looking for my highlighted page. In his final nine games, average over 13 and a half points. He's back up, backing up Marcus Carr. But again, he went to Minnesota, scoring 13 points a game is pretty solid in any college. You know what I mean? Like some leading scorers are 13 points big, a game. Uh, I mean, in, when we talk about his last nine games or whatever it was, that's, Important that's big, games. that's the Big Ten. Those, yeah. you know, those are, those are games against Big Ten competition. So yeah. Also, my Big Ten joke, that's one third of your points team. So he's doing pretty good <laughs> for a game. <laughs> right. But like they're getting guys from Arizona State. They got, man, they got guys from Minnesota coming in. New Mexico, they were also a mess last year. We've talked about it before. How many guys were sitting out games, were not talking to me, were fighting with the program under Paul Weir. Like, there's all sorts of messiness going on. These are the two teams, Utah State to a lesser degree. Um, they got a guy from UMBC to follow Ryan Odom in town, but they also a couple of guys like University of Utah and other places. But I think New Mexico and UNLV are going to be the most drastically – it's going to have to be because the different players are bringing in, bringing in and losing. They're going to be the two teams that's like, who is this guy? He played where? Let me get my old Big 12 roster out here from UNLV basketball. Who do we got from the Big 10 in New Mexico? It's going to be an interesting, these two teams to watch who they're getting. Yeah, I mean, I I look at New Mexico, and I look at the two guys they got, and I think that those two are going to slot right into the starting lineup, and I think you're going to get to know them pretty quickly. I think Jamal Mashburn and Jalen House could be a similar backcourt to what we saw in terms of two guys showing up uh, and just kind of getting it and running the team from day one could yeah. be sort of like we saw with uh, Grant Sherfield and Desmond Cambridge at Nevada last year um, with Mashburn and Jalen House coming in because you've got Saquon Singleton um, 
Valdir Manuel and Rod Brown, who I imagine are going to fill out the rest of that starting lineup. And that's not, that's not bad. I honestly, I like that lineup for New Mexico. If, if the parts all fit together well, and that's been the thing that's been difficult. Um, but now we've got a new, a new variable in the equation, which is Richard Patino instead of the, the honorable Dr. Paul Weir. So yes, Dr. Paul Weir, just cause he's gone doesn't mean he's lost his doctorate. So, you know, he's still a doctor. Um, but another team just while we're mentioning Nevada and teams that are going to be like, Whoa, who is this team? Nevada is a team that's very revamped with, uh, with transfers. So they, you know, they're going to have Grant Sherfield and Desmond Cambridge, but they lost, they lost Zane Meeks, um, to transfer and Kane Milling as well is gone. And Robbie Robinson is also gone and replacing them are going to be Addison Patterson from Oregon, Will Baker from Texas and Trey Wade from Wichita state. Um, so (laughs) those are three. I, I think that's a general upgrade in my opinion. Um, Will Baker, uh, was a former, I believe, I, was he five star? Yeah, he's a four or five star recruit. Good guy. From, from, from Texas. It's a good get, as we say in the industry. <laughs> a good get. Uh, Addison Patterson is also pretty good. I actually, um, I happened to catch, uh, the Oregon Memphis game a couple years back when James Wiseman played. They played up here in Portland at the PK 80, you know, invitational or whatever. Uh, one of the three collegiate games that James Wiseman ever played. But I believe, if I remember correctly, Addison Patterson played in that game, uh, and I thought he was pretty good. Um, he, he's got talent though. It didn't quite work out for him at Oregon, but I think he could definitely be a good fit, uh, on the wing here in, in Nevada. And so you've got, you know, Grant Sherfield and Desmond Cambridge. They showed last year what they can do. You know, that's, that, 35 points a night you're bringing back right there. And that, that's huge. Then you had a big guy like Will Baker, um, who can also step out. Nevada could be a good team. I know, I know our boy, our boy Sean had top them 10, right? in his, uh, yeah, top 10 is way too early, which might have been way too high, but hey, <laughs> we're, I, I don't think that he's off base in thinking that they are a, top 25 team necessarily though um and hey and hey you know backing that up we didn't talk about it but that preseason bracketology that uh joe lenardi did he also had nevada in as an at-large he is in as a play in playing st mary's he actually has them they're 11 csu 10 is aq yeah colorado so so let's not bury the lead here colorado state winning the league and being the automatic qualifier that's that's pretty big, you know, the Joe Lenardi thinks that, which doesn't surprise me. I mean, they're basically returning everybody from last year's team. And the best coach, right? Is that too, or is that too sacrilegious to say Nico Medved, number one coach? I think that <laughs> Brian Dutcher has probably earned that title now and, you know, can keep, can keep it until he leaves the conference or retires or whatever. Ooh, so, um, well, I mean, hey, I, I don't think he's going to leave. No, if, no. If, if he was going to, it would have happened this offseason to Minnesota. Minnesota yeah. I think, right? <laughs> so the fact that he stayed and signed whatever deal he signed, I mean, I think he's he's here for the long haul. And I, that was kind of my thought, not to get too far off on this tangent because it's a dead story now because he's staying. But, like, I always assumed he was going to stay because, well, like, yeah, Minnesota is his, like, ancestral home. He'd been at San Diego State for so long, and he was such a, like, crucial part of building the program that it just didn't make sense to me that he would upend all of that for, for Minnesota. And yeah, for, yeah, know. for freaking Minnesota. Seems but Hey, I'm not, a, I'm not from big 10 country. So I don't know how, you know, like territorial those guys get about there. I don't care. But, I don't care about the big 10. Come on. Well, for the basketball. Come on. That's what I'm saying. You stay at San Diego state, man, stay at the good program. Yeah. You're going to take an extra million bucks. It's like, whatever. But yeah, but there's some good coaches in the league. So you got those teams. We're talking about Utah State for a minute. They're bringing in Ryan Odom's bringing in all conference, uh, and former, what, 2019 rookie of the year, I believe it was for all rookie team. You have, uh, RJ Idle Rock. Yeah. That's a, that's a great name. That's Idle a good Rock. one. That's a perfect yeah. name. So you get 
Incoming Utah State. Utah State lost a couple guys to University of Utah. They also got Brandon Horvath to follow him over from UMBC. And we'll see what these guys can bring because Idle Rock, decent score, 14 points a game. Shoot the ball about 41% three-point shooter. Good. Yeah. We don't need – we saw it with the death was Utah State for Texas Tech not making any three-point shots. So get another guy out there that can make it. Um, so we'll see what they have. They have a couple guys. Like they lost guys to like Alfonso Anderson, Marco Anthony, Carson Stancy. And Roland, but, Rolly Worcester, man. Yeah, Rolly Worcester right there. Well, and, and obviously like the music. hair. <laughs> yeah, I can't say anything, whatever. They're all gone. Like uh, Kuba Karoski going to St. Eastern State. So yeah, this is a, yeah, yeah. This is another big rebuild out of those. I'd probably add Utah State similar to UNLV, New Mexico. All three themes, obviously. New head coach. So well, who's coming in? Who's coming out? That's a yeah. It's gonna I, happen. I think you're gonna see those two transfers from UMBC. Um, I think Horvath and Idle Rock will probably slide pretty easily right to the starting lineup. Just you know, first because Odom is familiar with them. Second, they're good. Yeah, there's that too. Um, third, there's not a ton that I feel like is challenging them. I mean, you can imagine Stephen Ashworth will start. Um, and Brock Miller will start and Justin Bean will start and you need a big guy and another guard probably. And boom, you've got Horvath and Idle Rock. So it seems kind of perfect almost. It's going to be a very different looking team from what we've seen from Utah State the last, what, three years with Namiyash Keda there. Um, you know, you'll still have Justin Bean and Brock Miller around. So you'll have some of those familiar faces, but, um, yeah, I, I would imagine there's probably be, probably going to be a little bit of a drop off, but I don't want to like, you know, send them to the cellar just yet. They've got talented guys coming in. Ryan Odom did good stuff at UMBC, but, um, you know, it's a new, it's a new program, a new fit. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see where Utah State ends up, but yeah, it's, there'll be a good mix of veteran familiar faces and, Brand and brand new guys. I don't think they're done either. That's one of the teams that I think still has quite a quite a few spots to to give out because I can only count let's see eleven guys right now that I've got committed on this roster. So um, I would imagine a couple more a couple more transfers probably coming in. They have to to fill the roster. Yeah. So you know, I I, I don't think it'll just be you know walk ons from you know, the Logan YMCA or whatever. <laughs> the Logan YMCA. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. Oh, man. Uh, I think we're good for today. Try to think what other teams. We'll get to other stuff. we kind of been a hodgepodge around well, here. Super League. Yeah. Transfer I mean, stuff. Just, Anything else we missed here? Um, just a couple quick things. Uh, I'll just do a quick blow by blow. Uh, San Jose State and Air Force. Nothing on the transfer market so far. Wyoming. Wyoming. Oh, has, Marcus Williams. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So Wyoming. Uh, they they have one one transaction so far. Well, two they've got one in and one out. So they lost Marcus Williams, unfortunately, which is sad. If uh, I am an, if I'm a fair person, no, because he went to Texas A and M. It's really my brothers went there. It's the hiss. So it's for people you hiss and don't boo. So I'm going to hiss him for going to Texas A and M because this this kind of like here's the thing. I got two sides to this. That may be contradictory. Con, con, Contrarian or contra, no, contradictory. I'm trying to think of the right word here. I don't care if players leave. They can leave for whatever reason they want. I, he was from my own other issue, which I could see both sides. I'll argue both. Go where you want to play. You, you play, you got really good. Let's go to a bigger program, bigger platform, see how well you can do. However, Coach Linder, guy, Mark Slim's hardly recruited. Wasn't he originally going to go to Northern Colorado before he took the Wyoming job? Like, yeah. So he was going to get that's right. NCU goes to Wyoming. UNC. Or sorry. UNC, maybe. Northern on. Colorado. I'll see the four. <laughs> he, he's going to go there. Because of the, you know, the other UNC. Yeah. Yeah. So he goes to Wyoming, produces, he spent time, effort. The guy's really good. And it's not like Wyoming's, they're not the best program, but within the past five years, Larry Nance did the NBA. They've won the Mountain West Tournament. They had Josh Adams, who could have done something fairly special, got that pretty nasty car accident, was going to be a probably a pretty big star in Europe as a basketball player, obviously. So it's not it's not like this team or program is just like nothing. They've had good success. And then to have your guy up and go 
it's got to be kind of heartbreaking, disappointing, probably where they'd say, I don't, again, I don't care if he leaves, but I can also see the team side. Look what we've done for you to help you become this good player and you up and go for a better opportunity. That's what people will argue this transfer portal stuff, one and done, or I can go play here and go there next year without sitting out. I'm all for for this free movement, but I could sympathize for a team, a program for losing the guy who was barely recruited, breaks out and goes to a, a, a big time program. Sure. You know, well, and, I, I, I think that there's space to sympathize for that. I guess I was, you know, yeah, I, obviously you, you, you're not feeling good about it. It's not something you're like, you know, you're like, hey, happy for the guy that, hey, you know, you're going to have a better chance maybe of getting drafted out of Texas yeah. A&M than you would out of Wyoming. So, or, and you'll be closer to home. He's a Texas guy too. Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah, it, it's bittersweet though, for sure. And you know, if you're the team that's left behind, you're, I'm sure there's sort of a jilted feeling that you've invested right in this person. Um, although I wouldn't go so far. There was one, I will say, I will bring this up because it just came to mind. I, it's one of the, most ridiculous Twitter comments I'd seen in a while. It was uh, like somebody responding on Marcus Williams' uh, tweet, you know, announcing his decision, their response was like, because he, 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 you know, sent out a whole letter, like, thanking everybody, thanking the fans and the coaches and everybody, right? You know, like they do. Anyone who's transferring, basically. Um, and the person was like, well, are you going to thank the alumni who donated to your scholarship fund, too? Oh, come on. Right? I was, like, break. I was like, well, first off, you thanked the fans, so kind of already did that. They are fans, yeah. Somebody else was going to get that scholarship no matter what. You're not buying players, okay? If you're donating to the school's program, donate to the school's program. But, like, come on. I don't know. You don't, I thought, when you, I thought, when you donate to a scholarship fund, it's not saying going to Marcus Williams' scholarship. It's going to the right. general scholarship fund for – you can – you could say I want this for basketball. You could earmark it. Like that's an endowment. Buy Marcus Williams dinner though. Like, yeah, I know that's. Um, I know. And so, like, to comment on someone's Twitter, like on the player's Twitter page himself, with that, I was like, "Oh, come on, people, be better." That's the. That's like the first time I've seen a Wyoming fan be negative, <laughs> but it stood. It stood out to me. But I don't know. I think Wyoming's as, as bittersweet as it is. I do think that Wyoming is going to be okay. Um, because first off, Hunter Maldonado is still there and he, he's still got more eligibility left after this. Um, so he, we forget that he was like the all everything guy because Marcus Williams kind of came in and stole the spotlight as a point guard, you know, freshman point guard. A, he was really good, but Hunter Maldonado averaged seven points and almost, you know, four and a half assists, 12 and a half points per game last year. They're not without a guy, you know, the program's not lost. They've still got the guy who was the alpha in the program there. They've got promising young guys in Graham Ike, in Xavier Ducelle. They've got guys like Drake Jeffries and Hunter Thompson who can play. I mean, and they just brought in a, a transfer from Utah. <laughs> Finally, a Utah transfer coming in instead of, the three different uh, Mountain West players we've had transfer to Utah, which is Raleigh Worcester uh, and Marco Anthony, and then David Jenkins from UNLV. Uh, but yeah, Brendan Wenzel from Utah is coming to, to Wyoming, a forward. So, you know, I I think Wyoming is going to be fine, but I do see the larger point you're talking about where you've got, you know, these stars that you kind of get sad and see. I do think that's something that mid-major programs that are not – um, shall we say completely established? I would call like, I would call San Diego State definitely an established basketball program, you know, at this point. Yeah, I don't think you're really going to see guys transferring out of San Diego State at a high clip. Um, but I do think some of the lower tier schools maybe in the Mountain West, you could see almost being sort of used as a, a minor league kind of tryout thing before they can transfer out and see and use their one-time transfer. And I don't think it's the worst thing in the world either. I think that's 
okay. And it's going to create a space where there's openings for guys who went to big programs out the gate in high school and it didn't really work out. So you're going to get, you know, for every Marcus Williams you have leaving, you're going to get a bunch of Will Bakers or, you know, whoever coming in. So, you know, I, or Jamal Baker, you know, to, uh, there's another Baker uh, who used to play at Arizona and Kentucky. He's at Fresno State now. So, you know, I think, it's I, fine. I, like if you move, I think it's, it's fine. fine. Yeah. It's just, but you can still be bummed or miffed. Just don't be angry. Don't direct hate toward guys. Like it's like, don't tweet about recruits, that type of thing. Don't like I could be, recruits, I could yes. be upset. Like if my favorite player on a team were to transfer, I'm like, Oh, that's, Oh, for it's, sure. It's bad, oh, but don't get personal I, about it. And no, when I see like, yeah, I understand. Oregon state had two guys transfer out. Um, you know, and and I was so sad. natural. Wait, so natural, you burned your degree or whatever from the school, right? Because that happened. Well, I called them and I asked them when they were paying me back for you know. My, <laughs> no, I don't donate. I'm not even an alumni. I went there for two semesters. Or but I mean, it's like something but, like uh, it's like I'm gonna burn my degree I, from wherever because of this or ask for my eight dollars back. I'm for, done being a fan. Like I even know. even that, I'm boycotting the team until or not. Some changes are made, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so yeah. we'll see. I, like, I like the rule. I like because coaches can do whatever they want. And when you see guys coach, where's the integrity? I'm like, well, like we know the guy, Ron Jostein, who always likes to right. complain about transfers or recruits. It's it's whatever. It's seen as much of that lately uh, of like the complaining stuff from him, which is kind of nice. Um, one, one transfer I want to mention before we forget, because it might actually be the biggest one, and I feel stupid that we forgot it. Um, Matt Bradley to San Diego State. Oh, yeah. That, sure. that is huge. Um, because yeah. that is like, Matt Bradley was, was he first team all pack 12? He uh, was. Not sure. Let me, let me look this up real quick just to make sure before I say something stupid. Would that, but would that even equate to first team Mountain West? He was a second team. Okay. Like. But, um, well, he scored 18 points per game and, okay. you know, four and a half rebounds. Basically, he's like, he's built like Matt Mitchell. <laughs> uh, he's a little smaller, but he, he is a great addition for this team. And yes, I think there's a very good chance he could be first team all Mountain West. Um, I think, you know, we look at la- uh, two years ago, you had Malachi Flynn as kind of the like really big impact transfer at San Diego State. I think you can see Matt Bradley having the same kind of impact um, for for this San Diego State team. I think he could be that that good. I don't know that San Diego State will be that good, you know, as they were that season. But in terms of, whoa, yeah, this guy came in and is just dominating everybody. Um yeah, kind of similar to things that we've seen, you know, maybe from Jalen Harris and, and, and Grant Shurfield as well, guys who kind of just showed up and took over. Uh, I think Matt Bradley definitely has potential to be that guy this year of the kind of the newcomer of the year um, potential. I maybe maybe player of the year. I need to look at things a little bit more, but like he's that level of a talent coming in. Uh, Matt Bradley is really really good. So. Yeah, um, gosh, save, save, saving the best for last there, I guess. It happens. Uh, As, like two weeks ago, it's like it's recent. There's a lot of tra- – that's the thing. Here's how we wrap it up. Check out our transfer tracker that our buddy Larry does. It's yeah. up to basically probably what every other day, every day he gets added. Send us tips on Twitter, MWCWire, if we miss something or let us know. But that's pinned on the front page, so check that out. He does a good job. I, I dabble in there, but he goes and adds a bunch more info. Who's coming in? Like Boise State – Two guys are out. Nobody's going to like RJ, Ray J. Dennis is gone as well. He's uh, Donovan Ivory leaving and stuff like that. CSU's had nothing. Fresno State, so mentioned Jamal, Jamal Baker. A couple of guys here and there, but definitely check that page out. It'll let you know who's getting what. Like Nevada's getting three guys coming in. You have, let's see what else we got for a scroll. Keep scrolling. Mexico obviously did too. Jamal Masford Jr. is coming in from Minnesota. We talked about Jalen House from ASU. So check that out because there's a lot. They've lost six guys, if you're, in case you're wondering, for New Mexico. But check all that out. We'll get it updated. You, Andy, are going to work on kind of a roster thing down the road. 
so we can more keep track of who's actually on the team. So that's something to look forward to as well. Yeah, kind of take a look at some of the high school recruits too as, as those kind of finish up here. Yeah, that should be signed. Any Juco guys. But I'll basically like, here's on the roster just to see. And next show, here's where we do next show. Probably We're probably do every other week because it's slower in basketball season. There is a, t- a tweet. Was it um, – who sent this out? I know I saw it from Matt Norlander from CBS. I That was the direct source. I mean – I don't know where he got his information from exactly, but I think he was the source of the tweet was with all the rule changes. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, and yeah. So there's like potential rule changes. We won't get any now, but it's we're gonna have some fun. Maybe me and our buddy Eli Betker hop on to talk about some interesting rules changes. There's some confusing ones, like extra foul somehow mixed in. The resetting of fouls, but to quarter length, which is really stupid. But there's some good ones I like, and we'll get to that. Like. Guess what's coming? The Eurostep's coming to college hoops, guys. No, that's the one I was about to complain about. Oh. Okay, good news, bad news, but we're going to go. We'll, we'll get there. We'll go through some of those. We'll tweet it out again leading up to the show, but we'll talk about some of those. We'll make some of our own because I have some interesting ones that could, I think that could work out pretty well. And they could be silly and fun, like maybe the Antoine Walker four-point play or MTV Jock Jams, a 20-point shot with 30 seconds left and the giant hoop that's 50 feet above the air. Probably not, but just saying, we'll get creative on this stuff and see what we can do. Well, now i got to actually probably figure out what the heck the Elam ending actually is so we can figure out what that means and see if that needs to get added. Yes. Why not? That, not to get into that, but that, I think that is very interesting. But we'll get to I know the- a lot of people do, so we should save that for that for next, next time because I, I'm familiar-ish. I know that you've like got to get to a threshold or something, but I don't really understand that much. It's one yeah. of those things where like I'll learn about it when I need to learn about it. So two yeah, weeks. what we're talking about, yeah, exactly. <laughs> In two weeks, I'll need to learn about it. So you can uh, you can school me on all of the ins and outs <laughs> when it comes to time. That'll be it. all right. So check us out mwire.com. Oh, we we will have some basketball stuff upcoming shortly. I know the NFL draft's kind of overtaking the site, but. We'll get some random stuff here and there for hoops, but check us out for everything basketball, football. Check out Andy on Twitter. Check out myself when I do tweet because it's been slow lately for some reason. But we're all good. And, yeah, just check us out. Give us a review. That would be helpful, right? We want a couple of four, five stars maybe. Don't you want yeah. a five-star review? Tell us that we, we know what we're doing. Or I always said this before when I say give us some reviews. Give us five stars, but I don't care. Tell us we suck or whatever, but still give us five stars. Yeah, come <laughs> on. Great inflation. I used to be a teacher. Great inflation is great. We need to beat, beat the curve, right? Who's got the curve? <laughs> exactly. I can give you 100% on the test and t- tell you that you're stupid. <laughs> God, that's what we're doing here. So mwr.com, check it out, and we'll be back in a couple weeks, folks.